The Electronic Intifada. Intifada. Intifada Electronic. The Electronic Intifada. El Intifada This is the Electronic Intifada podcast. In Oakland, I'm Nora Barrows Friedman with the Electronic Intifada podcast. On May 12th, two Jewish men protested inside a Connecticut synagogue that was hosting a fundraiser for the Israeli army. As the Electronic Intifada reported at the time, Gregory Williams and Daniel Fisher were arrested after being forcibly restrained inside Temple Israel in Westport, where they had come to read a statement at a luncheon for Friends of the Israel Defense Forces, or FIDF. The fundraiser featured Brigadier General Gila Khalifi Amir as keynote speaker and provided attendees a chance to, quote, meet IDF officers and hear them talk about their important roles in the Israeli army. In a letter to local media, Williams said that he and Fisher were violently assaulted after they entered the temple and explained that they wanted to read a testimony by Nabila Abu Halima, a Palestinian woman who lives in the Gaza Strip, who watched her son be murdered by the IDF during Operation Cast Lead in 2008 to 2009, and who had to flee her home during last year's Gaza massacre. After they were violently restrained, the pair started to read their statement anyway and began to shout, Free, Free Palestine. There were also false claims that the protesters were armed, forcing a lockdown of nearby schools. They were charged with breach of peace and criminal trespassing in the first degree. About a month ago, Williams and Fisher first appeared in court. Williams pleaded not guilty, and Fisher applied for accelerated rehabilitation. Their next court date is on July 21st. There is a petition circulating urging the Connecticut state attorney to drop all of the charges against the two men. Joining us to talk about their protest action and their case is Greg Williams and Dan Fisher. Greg and Dan, thank you so much for being with us on the Electronic Intifada podcast. Thanks for having us, Nora. It's great to be here. So when we covered this uh, in mid-May, just after you took that, uh, that action, both of you were very explicit in the media about how you, as Jews, wanted to bring attention to the Friends of the IDF as an organization that supports Israel's crimes against Palestinians. Tell us a little bit more about why you took this action and what the response has been from both the media and the Zionist community that supports Israel and the Israeli military. Sure. Uh, Friends of the IDF is an organization that raises funds for uh, purposes that support um, the IDF and its murderous activities in Palestine. This uh, fundraiser was going on in a synagogue in Westport, Connecticut, which is the town right next to my hometown of Fairfield, where I grew up. and. Uh, like Greg, I had family that died during the Holocaust, and I felt um, that as another genocide is going on, this time perpetrated by the Zionists, it was important to speak out and uh, disrupt this event going on so close to my community that uh, that, that supported the, the killing. And the other thing, Nora, I think that's important to emphasize um, is the extent to which um, now that... Uh, is especially with uh, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu's uh, recent claim to be a spokesman for the entire Jewish people, um, we need to bear in mind that the existence of uh, a settler state that claims to speak for Jews, um, it, it, for the first, I mean, first, first of all, I mean, it, it makes Ju Judaism a matter of a legal identity. It defines our identity according to a state. But then, more importantly, for for this instance, it defines our identity. Um, according to a state that depends upon murder and depends upon the displacement of indigenous Palestinian people um, in order to to constitute us as Jews. We are, 
one of the things that we said in uh, is that we want to be part of a community that is based on you know values of democracy and emancipation rather than uh, colonialism and white supremacism, and that really is what we're talking about. We're talking about the future um, of. Uh, of Palestine here, but we're also talking about the future of Jewish identity and what that looks like and what it will be based on. So that's, I think, another thing that's why it's really important for Jews everywhere to start to take these types of actions. And moreover, this this was a fundraiser that was billed as, um, you know, as a women's luncheon, as an opportunity to show that the IDF is, uh, you know, this is their quote, a world leader in integrating women into the armed forces, and. I had uh, traveled to Palestine in 2013 and, and developed friendships with Palestinian women and I uh, talked with them before this action and, and asked um, you know, what, what, I, what I should do as, a, as an American Jew who wants to stop uh, the Zionist atrocities. And out of these conversations, I, I came to learn and, and realize that the claim that the IDF is good for women, that very claim is a way of silencing Palestinian women, of saying that they don't matter. And it was important for us, therefore, to bring the testimony of Nabila Abu Halima, uh, you know, as, as an example of a Palestinian woman who is being silenced by the very premise of this event. And in doing so, you were called terrorists. There was, uh, there were reports that you were both armed, and now you've been charged uh, with uh, criminal criminal trespass in the first and breach of peace in the second. Which um, the maximum exposure for that is uh, is eighteen months in prison. Amazing. Um, also, there there were reports that Connecticut politicians tried to lobby both of the universities you attend to take disciplinary action against you for this nonviolent protest. Uh, Greg, you you just graduated from the Divinity School at Yale University. Tell us about what happened regarding regarding Yale. Yeah, so um, so I am uh, in addition to being a Jew, as I said in the in the. Uh, statement. I'm also a scholar of religious ethics, and I believe in putting one's scholarship into practice. Um, and what happened is an example of how that that often meets with resistance um, in a world where, in a neoliberal world, where universities are financialized and are tied with these colonial and capitalist interests. So, uh, Senator Tony Butcher, um, who is the senator from Westport, um, one of the wealthiest towns in the world. Um, is was actually apparently slated to be uh, in attendance at the fundraiser and had to back out due to a scheduling conflict at the last minute. And uh, together with a number of members of the Friends of the IDF, uh, uh, Senator Butcher uh, wrote to uh, uh, to Yale and also to Duke, where I'm set to do my doctorate um, in the fall, um, and basic basically said, you know, you have a terrorist in your midst. Um, and I, I got a chance. Uh, I got a chance. Uh, Twenty-four hours ahead of the hearing, uh, to read the letters um, that were written, and literally there wasn't a single one of them that did not use the word terrorist or terrorism. Uh, one of the lines was, you know, the student, you know, the terrorist was not alone. The terrorist is your student, Gregory Williams, um, and uh, a number of them also explicitly said. Um, because the accusation, the two accusations against me at the disciplinary hearing, which, by the way, I wasn't able to walk at my graduation uh, in order because I had to attend this hearing, <laughs> uh, and there was some possibility that Yale was going to revoke my entire degree, um, although they also could have reprimanded me or suspended me. Um, but the um, the the there wasn't uh, a, a number. The the two accusations against me at this hearing. 
um, were number one that I quote unquote attempted to force entry, which is not true. Um, we calmly walked past security and told them that we would obey a legal order to leave. Um, and two, that I was quote unquote using hate speech. And I was wondering, I was like, okay, what's what's the thing? What's the thing? And I finally get to read these letters, and. Um, and I'm looking through, and they're all sort of referring to each other, and so, and I finally find the letter that 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 comes down to it. And literally, the line is, "I heard pa the word Palestine, and I knew that a terrorist attack was underway." Literally, the claim here is it's it's not some. I was expecting naively some you know trumped up allegation of anti-Semitism or 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 whatever that I was going to have to factually deny. The 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 literal claim is that any assertion of Palestinian dignity and humanity is equal with terrorism. Um, and that's the claim that Yale was taking seriously. And yeah. that says something about Yale, that they were taking that claim seriously as hate speech. The very word Palestine being hate speech, it's a, you know, an absurd allegation. And um, other people in this luncheon wrote letters to the editor and um, they were quoted in the press. You know, one, and. Uh, the, the world of delusion, racist delusion that they live in is phenomenal. You know, one person said, I looked over at the door and saw men wearing head garb, and neither of us had anything on our, our heads. Another person said, I heard the word fatwa. Um, you, know, they, they, uh, you know, they see these racist stereotypes instead of reality. And this kind of delusional hysteria wound up being uh, quite dangerous because they, um, right, they filed a false police report. Uh, which prompted um, five schools to go into lockdown, um, endangered Greg and my life because a, a SWAT team came, uh, you know, they, the report was that we were armed and a SWAT team arrived and pointed guns at us. Um, so, it, you know, it, it wound up being quite dangerous, not only for the Palestinians who they're raising money to to help uh, kill, but, but uh, you know, also for people, um, you know, there in Westport. You're listening to the Electronic Intifada podcast. Visit us online at electronicintifada.net or follow us on Twitter at Intifada. The Electronic Intifada. Intifada Electronica. We're speaking with Dan Fisher and Greg Williams. Greg, you alluded a little bit to this earlier, but a, a report this week in the New Haven Register said that you have a long history of involvement in anti-militarism protests. Um, tell us about some of the actions you've been a part of and how this protest against Friends of the IDF and your fight against Zionism in the Jewish community fits into your personal practices of solidarity with and, and justice for people struggling under the weight of militarism and capitalism and occupation. Sure. Um, so um, I joined uh, the Socialist Party uh, of the United States when I was 16 uh, and uh, pretty angry about the war in Iraq. And uh, since that time, I've, um, uh, I've always acted on the basis um, that um, on the, that, 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 that militarism on the one hand is, is really as fundamentally a symptom um, of, you know, the exploitation of poor and working people on the one hand, and also, you know, the construction of racial hierarchies um, on, the, on the other, you know, specifically through, you know, enslavement and genocide um, in this country um, and in Palestine, and that, you know, if we're going to critique violence, if we're going to critique militarism, really we need to... to, to, to to, to take, to sort of build a holistic movement, a grassroots movement, um, to challenge uh, colonialism and capitalism. Um, now, as a Jew, um, 
I think that uh, that Zionism is where the rubber hits the road for that. Um, Zionism is a, a way of transforming Jews from workers into settlers, from people who have a long history of contention um, within capitalism, of people with a history of workers' activism, where the people who produced Karl Marx and Emma Goldman and, you know, and all these other people, uh, and transforming us into people who are uh, who are fundamentally loyal to a system that is uh, exploiting um, and oppressing other people. So I have, so I have, so I do have a long history, yes, of of, of opposing uh, of opposing war and opposing economic accumulation, um, specifically um, around um, issues of homelessness and and housing and gentrification on the one hand. And I've also been arrested um, uh, protesting against drone strikes and uh, and and uh, and for the closure of Guantanamo and the other. But really. Uh, this action uh, is is about bringing all of those commitments home uh, and and showing that you know uh, that I am going to take responsibility for the role that my own community plays in these larger systems um, of colonialism, capitalism, imperialism, and militarism. And Dan, same question to you as a as a Jewish person. What's the role and responsibility that you see for Jews who oppose Zionism and Israel's ongoing crimes against Palestinians? Well, as, as Greg said earlier, uh, the state of Israel and Netanyahu in particular are claiming to speak for all Jews, and it's our responsibility as people of conscience to say Israel and Zionism. You know, Israel doesn't speak for us, and Zionism is not in accord with our values. Um, I, I I grew up in uh, the Jewish community of Fairfield, and it was. Um, uh, you know, as from a young age, I was heavily indoctrinated with Zionism. In fact, on my bar mitzvah uh, day, I'm sitting on the stage, and the rabbi's giving a sermon about how great the Iraq War will be for Israel. And he inserts the line, "God bless George W. Bush." You know, this was a a, a community where, in Hebrew school, we um, a, no, a number of my classmates were assigned Alan Dershowitz, as the case for Israel, as required reading, um, and so. Uh, I think those of us who are younger Jews are, uh, this is, excites me um, very much, are starting to speak out within our own community and overturn this racist indoctrination um, and you know, question the, the narratives that we were taught as kids. Dan, if you could tell us a little bit where you both are in this criminal case and the next steps in fighting these charges. Uh, Greg, you pleaded not guilty, but, but Dan, you applied for something called accelerated rehabilitation. What does that mean and what, what does that entail? Uh, it's a diversionary program that uh, is offered in Connecticut, and if I'm granted it, I'll, I, you know, I'm, I may uh, have to stay out of trouble for a period of time. I may have to do some community service, and then the charges will be uh, expunged. As though protesting colonialism and militarism and occupation and white supremacy wasn't already community service. Um, I, it's, it boggles my mind. Um, Greg, what can you say about the next steps in this in this case? Yeah, so uh, so our next uh, court date is July 21st, and as as you already mentioned, but I'll do a plug for it myself, uh, uh, Jews for Palestinian Right of Return uh, is circulating a petition to uh, have uh, the prosecute the state's attorney, sorry, uh, David Cohen, uh, drop all of the charges against us. Now, the context for that is important because the attorney is also getting a lot of pressure, uh, apparently, um, from people um, in the Friends of the IDF, apparently not, interestingly enough, the leadership of the synagogue, um, but people specifically within the Zionist organization that is using the synagogue space. Um, 
Uh, it's important to make that distinction that we're not protesting a synagogue, we're protesting a group with a particular political activity. Um, so the reason that the court date is so far down the line um, is to give uh, some more time for the uh, prosecutor to uh, hear all of those statements and also hear statements from people on our side. So it's very important uh, for people to sign the petition um, and you can find it online at uh, the Jews for Palestinian Right of Return uh, website or at Facebook. Um, and um, hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully they'll make the right decision. And we'll also put a link up on the electronic intifada to that petition. Um, finally, to both of you, what kinds of messages do these charges and, and this kind of systematic you know, attempts at repressing this kind of activism send to other activists who are fighting against anti-Palestinian pro-occupation organizations such as Friends of the IDF, um, you know, especially considering the current efforts by such groups to silence criticism of Israel, especially on campuses, and clamp down on Palestine solidarity activism across the country. It's, it's clearly an attempt to silence dissent and to uh, discourage other people from, from protesting. Yeah, um, it is that. And at the same time, I would also say that I think that it means uh, that they're afraid, uh, and justifiably so. I mean, as Dan mentioned before, you know, a younger generation of Jews um, is starting to realize that Zionism is ultimately not in our best interest for where we want to see our community go. I mean, it's no, it's no coincidence uh, that this uh, fundraiser was being held in uh, the headquarters of the Jewish 1%. You know what, and, and that that is. I will cite that. That is Dan's phrase, by the way. Um, and um, and that that we are starting to realize as Jews that 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 those of us who are working people, those of us who are students, those of us who are queer or gender queer, those of us uh, who are constructed as people of color within the American racial hierarchy, the the vast majority of us um, are starting to wake up and are starting to realize. And I think that these attempts at repression. Um, speak to the fact that, you know, the Zionist establishment in this country um, has taken notice and has taken notice of the fact that the younger generation of Jews looks a lot more like Dan and me than it does like them. So we have a lot of reason to be to be to be scared and to take the, the threats and the repression very seriously. Um, but I think that these charges um, also send a message um, that we can and that we are winning. And on that note, uh, Greg Williams and Dan Fisher, activists and scholars in Connecticut, thank you so much uh, for being with us on the Electronic Intifada podcast. And we'll, of course, follow your case closely. Thank you. Thank you, Nora. And that's it for the Electronic Intifada podcast. For news, information, cultural features, and reviews, and pointed opinion and analysis, visit us online at electronicintifada.net. You can also post comments and sign up for our daily email digest. Follow us on Twitter at Intifada. Radio stations are free to use this podcast. And on behalf of all of us at the Electronic Intifada, thank you for listening. <laughs>